The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. I'm going to show you a picture, and um, I'm going to have you raise your hand if you know who this person is. Ready? Go. Raise your hand if you know who this is. Okay, most of you. If you don't know, this is mega music star Taylor Swift. Now, I'd like you to raise your hand if you personally know Taylor Swift. Anybody personally know? Okay. Jacob does. Okay, like personally, like you're on a first name basis, okay? Like her name, you know, okay, okay. I don't think anybody here personally knows her. Okay, next, raise your hand if you know who this is. Okay. If you don't know, this is wrestler turned actor Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. So uh, now raise your hand if you personally know, like you've talked to him. Do you personally know The Rock? Anybody? Okay, just seeing small people raise their hands because they're not quite sure what that means. Okay, I don't see, nobody knows Dwayne? Oh, okay. All right, last one. Raise your hand if you know who this is. Okay, this, to me, like, it's an interesting phenomenon. Like, Tiger Woods is like, everybody knows who he is. There are a few people who maybe didn't know the other two, but Tiger Woods wins. All right, now raise your hand if you have ever, if you, if you personally know Tiger Woods. Anybody? Nobody knows Tiger. Okay. I'll lower the bar. Raise your hand if you have seen Tiger Woods in person, live. Okay. Well, quite a few of you. Uh, he was here a little over a year ago at Bell Reeve for the PGA Championship. Bill Oryx wearing the shirt. Um, so I, I saw Tiger Woods live, and I said, Tiger! And he didn't say anything to me. But I said, Tiger, it's Jeff, Jeff Clater. Do you know who I am? No. No, he just walked by. The point is, there is a difference between knowing about someone and truly knowing them. There's a difference. You can know all about someone. You know all the facts, the, who they are, what their name is, what they look like, where they live. But you don't really know them. And they don't know you. Because there's a difference between knowing about someone and then really knowing someone. We're in a series called Growing Up in the Book of Ephesians. We're talking about growing up in our faith, growing up in Christ. And today we're looking specifically at the word know, K-N-O-W, or knowledge. And what is it to, to grow up in knowledge of God? What is it to know God, to know him more, to grow in knowledge? How do you do that? How do you grow in knowledge of God? How do you know him more? And as we look at that, we have, to, we have to say there's a difference between just knowing about him and really knowing him. There's a temptation uh, for us to, to get stuck in just knowing stuff about him and not truly knowing him. So Paul uses this word know or knowledge uh, quite a bit in Ephesians. For instance, in, in chapter 1, verse 18, he says that you may know What is the hope to which he has called you that you may know? So he starts with a prayer at the beginning of Ephesians. And his prayer 
is for the recipients of the letter that he's writing, the Ephesian Christians. And he's, he's praying, writing and saying, I'm praying for you that you may know the hope to which he has called you. This is potentially a contradictory verse. Why? Because just a little earlier in verse 13, Paul said, I have heard of your faith in Jesus. And then in verse 15, he said, he, he admits that they believe in Christ. So why is it that in verse 18, he prays for them to know the hope? Don't, don't they already know it? They believe in Jesus. They are those who have faith in him. Why would they need to know the hope that they're called to? It's here that we begin to see how Paul is using the word know. You are given faith in Jesus, and you come to know him by faith. But then Paul is talking about a deeper knowledge, that you would grow in depth and know him more. That you would come to know not just about him, but that you would come to really, truly know him. There's a difference between knowing about truly knowing. Christianity has, has often been reduced to, to head knowledge and uh, to know the right things about God. Sometimes we think that, that uh, our faith is simply collecting memory verses or an in, uh, theological IQ that uh, we're judged uh, by our spiritual maturity based on how much information we've downloaded. But Paul is using the word knowledge differently. Take a look at some of the verses around verse 18, verse 19, and then into chapter 3. Uh, and he lists ways to know that, that you can't know simply by opening a textbook and reading it. So he says, I pray that you may know what? The hope to which he has called you. I pray that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance, that you may know the immeasurable greatness of his power, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ. These are things that you can't just open up the encyclopedia and get, these are things that you have to know in a different way. Do you know the lavish hope that he has called you to, that you belong to him now? Do you know the wealth that you have, not in real estate or in money, but in your eternal inheritance? Do you know the awesome power, the greatness of his power, that he is the singular force in the universe and that he's on your side? Do you know the dimensions of God's love, that if his love was an ocean, you could drop an anchor and you'd run out of chain or rope because there's no bottom, it's just endless. The breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ. Do you know this? Paul says you can't, you can't just know it by reading about it. And his prayer for the Ephesians and for you is that you really come to know this relationship that you've been brought into and that you would grow in knowledge, that you would comprehend how big it is. This is a personal relationship and Paul's prayer is that you know God personally, fully. Jesus Christ is a person. He's not a proposition and God desires a personal relationship with you. God is a personal God. His very nature indicates that. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is personal, and he wants to know you personally, and he wants to know you to know him intimately, personally. 
I want you to think about people that you know really well. People that know you the best. There are people that you know that you're so close to, they know you so well that you start to finish each other's sentences. Thank you. There are people that know you that well. Your family, maybe you know your family really well. You know that on a road trip in your family, you know the one person who will need to stop for a bathroom break first, right? You're thinking of that person right now because you know them. You know them really well. I think about people who've been married for a long time, decades and decades. Uh, In our church, the record is 75 years. Can you believe that? I was talking to a woman who was married for 65 years to her husband, and she said, I can't remember life before him. They were married when they were 19. She said, I don't even remember life before him. All I know is life with him. That there's a certain place in a relationship where your life is like twine that gets interconnected, woven, braided together. Or it's like a tree that grows next to a fence. And it's so close that eventually the tree starts to grow around the fence and envelop it. And it becomes inseparable. God wants you to know him like that. To fully know him intimately and over time. That you'd grow in knowledge of him in this relationship. So how how do you know God more? How do you grow in knowledge of God? I want to make a uh, clear distinction just so that you're not mistaken. Um, Knowledge, first and foremost, knowledge of God is revealed it's revealed first. In other words, on your own, you, we believe that you can't, you can't know God fully on your own. You're incapable of it. God has to reveal himself. He has to disclose himself, who he is. And we believe this, this makes Christianity distinct from some other world religions where if you just work hard enough by human will or knowledge or study, you can know the divine. We believe that first and foremost, God reveals himself. And we only know him because he has self-disclosed. That's why for, for us, um, God's word and the sacraments are so important because we believe this is where God self-discloses. Um, We don't just kind of have an empty, hollow belief that we can chase God anywhere, but we believe that he discloses himself in personal and particular ways. And so we devote ourselves to God's word and to sacraments because we believe that's his self-disclosure. At first, he has to reveal it. But second, then we receive it. So he reveals, but then we receive. So on our end, we put ourselves in a position to receive what he gives. That on our end... We seek the Lord. You can do that. You can seek the Lord. You can seek knowledge of him as he has revealed himself. So this is what we're talking about today, that God has revealed himself to us, but what we're talking about is on our end. How do we know God more? Part of it is you're, you're here. You're putting yourself at a time and place where God reveals himself. But today I want to lift up 
what I think is a helpful triad uh, that Martin Luther in the 16th century lifted up, ways of knowing God. He lifted it up in Latin words, and it's just fun to say Latin words, so we'll, we'll say them. Um, we can go to the next slide. Oratio, meditatio, tentatio. Just say it because it's fun. Ready? Oratio, meditatio, tentatio. It's just fun. You know some Latin now. Oratio is, is prayer. Luther says you, you come to know and grow in knowledge of God by prayer, by meditatio, meditation, namely meditation on God's word, not just kind of sitting around uh, blankly, but there's a substance to the meditation, God's word. And then finally, tentatio, which means the, the trial, suffering, the struggle. Now, there's enough in these three words that you could study for a while. And if you're curious, if you want to know more about these three, these three things and how to practice them, there's a one-page document on the Welcome Center in the Commons on the counter. If you're interested in knowing more about these or how to practice them, counter in the Welcome Center. But today, I just want to focus on the third because I think it's pertinent to Paul's conversation and I think it's relevant to you. Tentatio. It means the trial, the struggle, the suffering, the press of life. And what Martin Luther was saying is that we really come to know God, especially, we especially come to know God in the struggle, in the tentatio. In fact, prayer and God's word really only make sense when you've gone through the testing. When I meet with couples for pre-marriage counseling, they're getting ready for their wedding. Uh, one of the questions I always ask is, have you had a fight yet? And if they say no, I tell them they can't get married. Because you can't really know someone until your love has been tested, until it's been pulled uh, you can't really know someone until you've been through some stuff together and you've come out on the other side. Love is proven in the testing. And it's the same with God. Tentatio is where you really get to see who he is and what he does. It's where you get to see his, his self-revelation. You get to know him more when you've gone through some stuff. Today, a question might be, are you going through a struggle right now? Could you identify a tentatio right now? Are you struggling with a sickness or with a deep anxiety? Or are you suffering from the consequences of your own sin and your own failings. You've made a mess and now you're living with it. Are you under the attack from the devil, the evil one? Think today, are you in a place of tentatio, of trial, of the struggle? And if you are, I want you to see it differently today to see that struggle not as 
as a place of condemnation, but as a place of revelation. That you would see that in that, it's not the curse of God, but you would say, God, in this tentatio, what are you doing to bless, not to curse? What are you doing to reveal yourself to me? What, what do you want me to see of you in this? And that you would know him more. It's the trial. It's the struggle. It's the press of life. If you're in that, get ready to look. Have your eyes open to see him. There's an important detail in the book of Ephesians. And the the important detail is this. Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians from prison. It's one of his prison letters. Here's another important detail. There are four prison letters that Paul wrote. Of all his epistles, four of them he wrote from jail behind bars. Uh, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. Those four he wrote from prison, from jail. Here's another important detail. In each of those letters, he has a prayer for the recipients, an intercessory prayer. In each of the four letters that he wrote from prison, he has a prayer to the recipients. Here's another important detail. In each one of those prayers that he wrote, in each one of those letters that he wrote from prison, each one of those prayers has the word know or knowledge in it. K-N-O-W or knowledge. And really only in those four prayers from those four epistles that he wrote from prison. The other epistles, he has prayers for the recipients, but they don't include the word know or knowledge. But in those four epistles written from prison, he has prayers to the recipients that include the word knowledge, where he says that he prays that they would know the love of God, where he says that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. He prays for an increase in the knowledge of God. Why is this an important detail? Paul is inferring that you especially come to know God in times of struggle. That you really come to know God in prison, in captivity, in the tentatio. That you'll really come to know him and see him differently. That knowledge of God is really grown and born in the press of life when it's, you're in a vice and, and it's getting cranked tighter and tighter and pushing in around you. Paul is saying, when that happens, and I'm writing this from prison, when that happens, I pray that you would know God with all of your heart, that you would know the breadth and the height and the depth and the length, and that you would grow and increase in knowledge right at that moment, right in the press, in the tentatio. I don't want to trivialize or minimize your suffering because it's serious. And for some of you, it's extremely serious. But you need to know that God is there in it. And you may never see him as clearly as you do in the tentatio. And here's how we know that. We know that because we've seen the tentatio of God that here, in this place, this is the place of his trial, struggle, suffering, pain, 
that God exhibits the key to all the mysteries are in, in the cross. If you don't understand your, your suffering, this is the key. It unlocks the mystery. God himself has gone there for you. And you would never know God, truly know him. You'd never really know him unless you saw the gruesome execution. Yeah, you'd know about his law, the Ten Commandments. You'd know about the covenant. You'd know about uh, the fact that he created the world. You'd know all of that, but you wouldn't really know the depth of his heart. You wouldn't, except you've seen the man on the cross. And you've see, seen the, the blood spilled for you. Otherwise, you would never know. You'd never really know God, except for his tentatio, for you. You'd never really understand the depths of his heart, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of his love for you. You would never know it except for the sacrifice for you. And now it's the logo of Christianity. And every time you look at it, you can say, now I know. Now I know the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Now I know the un." paralleled work that he has done for me. Now I know the, the overwhelming depth of his heart for me. So if you're in a place, a circumstance of tentatio, if you're in the press, in the middle of it, in the struggle, get ready, open your eyes, and look for God to reveal himself even in that. You know about Taylor Swift, but you don't know her. You know about Tiger Woods, but you don't really know him. He doesn't know you. God wants you to know him. Not as a celebrity, but personally, intimately. To know him as redeemer, as savior, as friend, as Lord and master over your life, that he would, you would know him like that. Because he knows all about you. He knows everything about you, even the stuff that you don't want him to know. And today is a call for you to know him more. Please stand and join me in prayer. We pray. Lord God, we want to know you more. Lord, sometimes we've, we've talked a lot about you. We say that we know a lot about you, but, but Lord, we don't want about. We want you, and we want to know you more. Lord, today I especially pray for those in our midst who are in the tentatio, the trial, the struggle, the temptation, the press, the suffering. Lord, I pray that you would show up and reveal yourself in a way, a way that breaks through the mist so that you can be seen clearly, your heart, your love, your mercy. Lord, I pray for those in the tentatio today. And Lord, that above all, your name would be lifted up and that we would know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. 
If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day, and remember, you are loved by God deeply through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.